0: This is your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working
1: jobs we hate
0: so we can buy shit we don't need. My dear is awkward. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast.
2: The Biohacking Secret Show. On today's episode, we're going to be speaking with neurosurgeon Dr. Jack Cruz and inventor-entrepreneur Ruben Salinas. Dr. Cruz is the creator and CEO of Optimized Life, a health and wellness company dedicated to helping patients avoid the negative effects of aging. He became an advocate for biohacking and is known as one of the OGs in the space over a decade ago. he was able to leverage biohacking techniques to lose over 133 pounds. Today, Dr. Cruz is an industry leader leveraging biochemistry and evolutionary medicine to mold the future of healthcare. Ruben Salinas is an award-winning medical devices entrepreneur, inventor, angel investor, and EMT. He graduated with his MBA from Harvard Business School and has bought and sold several companies in the healthcare and medical device spaces. In today's episode, we'll be talking about photobiomodulation, which is a big word referring to how to use light and thermal energy to increase your focus, energy, and physical performance. We deep dive into a number of exciting topics, including how to use photobiomodulation to overhaul health issues, including obesity, why Ruben spent most of his recent vacation in Abu Dhabi naked on the beach, and how light therapy saved him from a wicked sunburn, the truth about vitamin D, neurosurgeon Jack Cruz's preferred form of cryotherapy, the single most important supplement you can take to optimize your health, and why taking supplements, at least the way the vast majority of the population does it, is going about it all wrong and what you should do instead. This episode is absolutely packed with dozens of actionable strategies you can put to use right away. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Hey, everyone. I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks, and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. All right, so right. I'm here with Ruben Salinas and Dr. Jack Cruz, and we're going to be talking about How to use light and thermal energy to upgrade your energy, focus, and physical performance. Ruben and Jack are both inventors of the Quantlet. It's a new biohacking device that uses photobiomodulation, which is a very big word that I will let these gentlemen explain, but essentially it has to do with using light to influence our biology and create physiological changes in the body that allow us to perform better, not just in exercise, but uh, to upgrade our our body's cellular function and mental clarity. So Dr. Jack Cruz from jackcruz.com and Ruben Salinas, uh, if you guys would, let's start by sharing a little bit of the story about how the quantlet came about.
0: Uh, Well, uh, Jack and I met first uh, in person in late September, 2014 at the Bulletproof conference in California. Long and short of it, we're all talking outside of the conference at this point, and uh there's a mass of people in front of me jack says something about red light um no about light and so i jump in between because i thought i heard what in fact did which was a reference to red light so i literally parsed the seas of people jumped in the middle of it and said jack have you any experience do you are you talking about red light or what do you know about red light something to that effect and he looked at me and he just pointed at me and said boom and that's all I needed because I knew that he and I were talking the same language. Little did I know that I was talking about, let's call it half the story, because uh, photobiomodulation has been close to me and near and dear to my heart since the late 90s, uh, early 2000s. I used to work for GE Lighting, and I got exposed to a project there that was kind of a skunkworks thing um, with the Hungarian division of GE working on low-level light, uh, low light therapy or triple LT or 3LT now called photobiomodulation. And that's when I first got exposed to it. So over the next year and a half, Jack and I um, joined forces and the rest has been history. It's been a long, but really quite short journey in many ways where a lot of the belief systems that I had surrounding how to improve performance and and ultimately well-being uh, have been literally turned upside down. So we're going to get into specifics, hopefully, in this podcast. That's a very long-winded introduction as to how we got to know each other, and uh, we've become really good friends since then. And uh, Jack's not only a friend but a mentor of mine as well. So I'll turn it over to Jack and see if he has anything to add there.
1: Yeah, I think the, the thing I was kind of hoping you were going to get into, the Bulletproof Conference was interesting from a variety of different angles. But I think the, for me, the way I remember the coalescence was on my porch here at Berman Street during the middle of a storm and Ruben had a GDV camera out, and we were talking about <clears throat> the mammalian battery and about what's going on in our world. Uh, we talked a little bit about some of the people in his family. We talked about a lot of the people on my forum. And then Ruben, you know, asked me some questions, pretty pointed about, you know, light. And I, I said to him, I said, look, Ruben, you work with James Carroll, you work with Hamblin from Harvard and all these LLT guys. But you know, I'm a neurosurgeon in my day job, and I've been toying around with you know transcranial brain stimulation for quite some time with the use of LLLT, and I've had some experience with that. And the interesting thing is, there was a study published in 2013 that talked about not only cytochrome oxidase, which is one of the, the third cytochrome in your mitochondria that LLLT works on, but there was a an interesting article in there about how methylene blue can actually be a non-photic electron donor. And I had mentioned to Ruben that this was really important because if you know anything about Einstein's photoelectric effect, you need electrons to, in, in order to have light hit it. And I said to Ruben then that one of the things that we need to do is figure out how to recharge the mammalian battery to improve performance, to, you know, help other things like jet lag. Because the funny part is me and Ruben have a really good friend who does kind of what Ruben does, travels all over the world. And me and him were very concerned about Dr. Ted. And that's kind of where it started. And we just started to talk about it. And my idea is to basically give us another pupil over our radial artery right here, so that it could act like a black box radiator. In other words, it's an accessory eye. You know how like a lot of the ancestral people or the alternative health people like to talk about the third eye? Well, me and Ruben actually went from theory to practice. And when I said to Ruben, if we use a combination of both purple, red, and cooling, I think that we can actually go right through the skin and electrify and photonically change our blood plasma to improve performance. And Ruben subsequently started to read, I mentioned to Ruben about the Stanford glove research and literally within a week or two, he had figured out kind of the angle that we have to go after. And we talked further in depth about light. And literally I would say it was probably in two or three weeks, just going back and forth, kind of like we're doing right now. The idea started to come up and Ruben's like, look, Jack, just keep giving me the ideas. I think I can build this. And he did. He built one iteration, another iteration, another iteration. And then uh, we got what we got. And Ruben hasn't told you, he's a CEO of a company. So he travels all over the world and he started wearing the quantlet on uh, these plane rides. And he started noticing that his sleep was not destroyed. He also noticed he wasn't getting jet lag. And I said, you know, there's probably a lot more fat on the bone here. And as my blog gets into it, I started to discuss with people the deep science behind how all this works. Because I will tell you that my fundamental belief is that people sell supplements because they're undereducated about light. And if they understood that light is the single most important supplement that is provided. And here's the cool part, I think, of, of our story is that me and Ruben will both tell you that nothing replaces the sunlight. The, the real problem for people to understand is that our modern life, our modern tech gadgets, the way we live our life, has brought us from outside to inside. 90% of humans now spend their time indoors. One of the worst things you could possibly do, and which is one of the reasons why me and Ruben think for performance, the quantum's going to be huge, is the light environment that you exercise in actually changes the spin of electrons. Uh, Most people don't even know this. When you you exercise under blue light, you are forming something called the singlet state of free radicals. And the singlet state of free radicals actually causes you to have a really, really nice looking outside of body, except that it falls apart. So you may be a member of a CrossFit gym and be able to pick up all this weight, but someday your thoracic spine will fracture And everybody will say, oh, that's just a freak accident. Well, it's really not a freak accident. See, the guys that were in Venice Beach in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s were doing something smart while they were doing something stupid. They would use anabolic steroids, but they were always outside. Most of them didn't get into trouble until later down in their lives. The key thing is they were outside in full-spectrum sunlight. And full-spectrum sunlight is the key. The two frequencies – that have been subtracted from modern life, uh, and Ruben is, is a light engineer, so he knows this. It's purple and red light. And for those of you who don't know, everything that you see me almost all the time I give a talk, you'll see purple on all the time because purple is what saved my life. UV light uh, has got this horrible reputation for my profession because they fundamentally do not understand how light works and how our systems are set up. In our skin, our circulatory system, you know, in our heart, our brain. I mean, just in red blood cells alone, when you understand what the fluorophore proteins are, you know, in, in hemoglobin and porphyrins and catalase, and you start seeing all these absorption rings they're always in the purple and red. And Ruben is focused really on the red side of the equation where I've kind of focused in on the whole thing. Why? Because one of my mentors is Einstein and Einstein won the the Nobel Prize for the photoelectric effect. Those are the kind of things that me and Ruben are ultimately very passionate about. We think there's so much power
0: in light, and we need to bring that idea to the masses. More and more, we're starting to hear people talk about light. So, you've got people like Joe Cohen out there. You've got people like Ben Greenfield, obviously Dave Asprey, and everybody's talking in some way, shape, or form about light, but they're basically just skimming the surface. And the stuff that they're talking about, uh, with all due respect, is stuff that we were looking at in the late 90s. This is, there's more and more evidence, but we're looking at it before it was even published. And thankfully, I've been at, uh, in Boston close to one of the major research centers here, which is called the Wellman Center for Photomedicine. And uh, Mike Hamlin, who is becoming a, a close personal friend is an advisor to the company, has really given me access since 2009 to a lot of very interesting data, as well as James Carroll. And James Carroll is the CEO of another laser company in the UK, good friend, also scientific advisor, and helped us develop the light module because it does get tricky when you come to powering this device correctly and you can't overshoot because that's what most people end up doing and they don't get the results. Low-level light therapy and photobiomodulation and light in general has a biphasic dose response. You get too much, you've got a problem or you get it in the wrong context, you've got a problem. You have to use it at the right time of day, in the right environment, and more importantly, you need to make sure that your body, and just going to get into this, can actually assimilate it.
1: Our whole goal with this device really is to take a guy like you and be able to slap this on because you live an indoor life. And, you know, most people don't even think about how they live their life. I say this to my patients. I'm going to say it here because it really makes a huge impact I want you both to look down at what you got on right now. Did you come out your mama like that? You did. We know what this blue light can do. Most other people don't. And the whole goal of doing this podcast with you is to bring this information to an audience because most people think that working out in a gym and working out on the street in the sunlight right out here are equivalent and nothing could be further from the truth. Let's
2: start with that because I think you're, you're dead on and we're all speaking the same language, but there are a lot of people that may not even understand the downsides to being exposed to blue light, let alone blue light late at night. Let's start with working out indoors versus outdoors. You'd mentioned some of the, the differences and, and where the guys in Venice Beach in some cases had the right idea.
1: Well, let's, let's make it more basic so people get what it's like, forget about working out. Let's just talk about three guys talking on the internet. When the sun rises in the morning, there's no UV light, with the exception on the equator, uh, as soon as it comes up. So that means it has three different colors in it. It has blue, red, and green. Here's the interesting thing about sunlight. The amount of blue is always balanced by the exact same uh, amount of red, okay? What does blue light fundamentally do when the sun rises and it goes in your retina? It stimulates you, and increases something called reactive oxygen species. That's something that your mitochondria makes in your RPE to get this process going. Now, it creates inflammation. That inflammation changes water flows in your eye and in your brain through a gate called the aquaporin-4 gate. Water flows and it stretches between neurons and glial cells. That's actually what wakes you up in the morning, okay? Now, the blue light activation also turns your pituitary gland on in the morning so that you begin to release the anterior pituitary hormones. And that's what sets the circadian pacemaker, okay? The key thing is blue light unopposed, meaning no red, has no balance. So I want you to think about the Roman god Janus. It's got a good face and a bad face. Light has the perfect balance of good and bad. So that light doesn't bother you then say where you if you live where I live right now around 8 o'clock UV light comes up how does UV light work UV light can't get through the atmosphere because of the angle of inclination and I think most of you have known this when you go out in the morning you see sunrise in the beginning it's redshifted everything looks red and then as the Sun comes up it starts to get more orange well UV light has to have a certain angle in the atmosphere so that ozone doesn't knock it out. And when you get there, like for example, Reuben doesn't probably get any UV until about 10, 10.30 this time of the year. You in Chicago probably only get it maybe around 10. But me down in New Orleans, Southern Latitude, I'm probably pulling it in even right now in January, probably 8.30, 9 well, o'clock. what's the key factor here? You know what UV light does on the surface? It inactivates the hormones that come to the surface, because what does sunlight, full-spectrum sunlight do? It releases another free radical in your skin called nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is a vasodilator, and it brings blood vessels to the surface. Guess where hormones from the pituitary are bound to? They're bound to red blood cells, okay? What's on red blood cells? Something called DHA. DHA is known in in your world as fish oil, but it's got to be in the cell membrane. Why is fish oil important? It's got a ton of electrons in it. How does light interact by photoelectric effect? Photons hit electrons. That's the key. The UV light turns off the amount of anterior pituitary hormones at the precise time. So if you go and look at a Google map of the circadian biology of hormone release, you'll notice that testosterone peaks at 10 o'clock and then goes away. You know what you won't hear from anybody? They don't know why. And I'm telling you the reason why. It's because at 10 o'clock, almost everywhere from zero degrees latitude all the way up to 59 degrees, UV light is present. And UVA light, you don't need UVB, which makes D, vitamin D. UVA light is capable of doing this. Here's the key. Sunlight specifically has to be UV is the key to getting that nitric oxide up to the surface. That's why when you get a sunburn or you think a sunburn is when you get pink, that's not true. It's not true at all. The pink is bringing the blood vessels to the surface. Why do you get pink? Because your skin is translucent to light, as Ruben will tell you about red light. He's going to get into that. But what you need to know is in a red blood cell, inside, the two most common proteins are hemoglobin, which I think everybody knows about. It has four main spikes, one in the UV range and three in the red. Then there's another one called porphyrins. And porphyrins absorb all parts of the UV spectrum. So guess what? Porphyrins are what allows UV light to be assimilated. So I want you to think something right now, my friend. Take a look down. Are you technically out in the sun when you have that shirt and those pants on? The answer is no. And see, this is what people don't understand. When I tell you that you're disconnected, okay, you live a disconnected indoor life. You can live outside in a zip code in the middle of one of your parks in Chicago but if you got your clothes on, you got sunglasses on, that's equivalent to being a tree with a tarp over it. How good do you think that tree will make photosynthetic uh, power? The answer is negative. So why would we come up with this idea of the quantlet? It's very simple. It, it's a way to pull the tarp back while you continue to do the shit you think is a good idea. And it's not. Okay? Now, to get to you the real question, and I'll do it quickly, very simply. When the guys work out outside, they are around huge amounts of red. Artificial light, meaning LEDs and fluorescents, which is predominantly in every major gym, have no IR and have no UV. That's why they save energy because they don't release heat and there's no UV. UV has the shortest wavelength, so Ruben can tell you that it costs the most in electricity. That's the reason people don't understand light. See, saving money is good on your electric bill, but it completely screws you biologically. When you work out outside, then you make triplet state free radicals. And guess what? Those build quantum coherence in your tissues so that your exterior matches your interior. So when you bench press all that stuff at CrossFit, you don't break your thoracic spine. That's the key. The reason I say this, Anthony, because I can even tell just by your face, This is making you a little bit nervous. (laughs) This is not something that people normally think about. Well, guess what? You know why they don't? Because they don't understand light. And see, I'm that guy with the inconvenient truth that brings it home to you. All this stuff that we just talked about, it's all published. It's all out there. Ruben can back me up on it. The problem is we don't know. You don't know what the spectroscopy of the bulbs are in your gym. And if you did, I guarantee you, after hearing this, you're gonna be like, holy shit. You know, I had no idea. And the, the crazy thing is people don't understand the counterintuitive part of physics because when you work out under blue light or you work in blue light like I do in the operating room, that's why I do so many mitigation techniques to help me. We want you to understand that many of the precepts that you believe really are the things that are fundamentally killing you. I don't want anybody to think it's fructose, you know, bad food and all this, all the shit that everybody else thinks is a problem. Dude, light is ubiquitous. It's everywhere. And the crazy thing is when you start to control for these effects, you see massive changes. I want you to know that there's never been a study done in nutrition or dietetics. All the metabolic ward studies, everything that's ever been done in full spectrum sunlight. So you know what that means? That means everything that we believe about food is absolutely incorrect. Make sure you join a gym that has the availability to work out outside for these reasons. If you do that and you add a little bit every day, I promise you, you will be helping yourself. For those of you who cannot, those of you who live in Boston or live in Chicago and you have an indoor existence, you're a a trader on the floor of the Merck Exchange, whatever you do, Dude, you put that colon on and wear it anytime you're indoors. Why? Because it's going to give you a little love from outside that you can't get because your modern life is a tether pulling you away. But you have to realize there is a biologic toll that you're going to pay. Why? Because we are creatures of light. Ruben and
2: I are in the unfortunate situation where Boston and Chicago, we don't have the same access to natural sunlight, especially this time of year.
1: Yes, you do. It's called, it's called move or take a vacation.
2: Right. Right. So on a daily basis, you have people that deal with seasonal affective disorder and and you have some experts telling them to buy these blue lights, which you've said on their own without the red to
1: balance can be problematic. Here's the thing. There's lots of stuff published about blue light and SAD. See this right here? It's a watch. Can you wind the watch forward and backwards? Yep. Can you do that to your eye? The answer is no. And see, that's what they miss. They don't understand light and how it works. There's no reverse to blue light. The reverse is red light. And even then, it's not good, why? Because you need purple light with red to regenerate the the blue photoreceptors. The point that I wanna make to you is what is published in the literature, Anthony, you have to be very careful about those opinions, why? Because if those opinions are not formulated based on the fundamental laws of the universe, and you get a half truth.
0: So let's go to sad, because I know that's one of your questions and I want to take some of what's been said and make it really practical for yeah, that. I'm, I'm you. developing a backlog of questions. Yeah, as we go. <laughs> so yeah. stuff. I'm going to try to hit on as many as I can right now from recollection. So the first one that I wanted to, uh, and I purposely uh, almost uh, interrupted Jack there on the gym, you know, because I know you're, you love the gym, you're very fit. I took a look at the, the health blueprint website and I love it. The, the thing is, you're like everybody else right now with the data that's out there, right? With nitric oxide as a great supplement because it'll give you the pump, dude. Just get a little UV and you're going to get the pump. Trust me. And you can get the same effect naturally versus the supplement. So, nitric oxide as a supplement was something I want to talk about because Jack brought it up and its effect on uh, blood and vasodilation. And you can get that from the right light exposure. Now, the second was the environment. And location. So one of the things that Jack said is either move or travel. He said vacation, but travel is the way I do it. So I was just in the Middle East in November. Guess what I was doing every single chance I got? I was naked, literally naked, almost got my my head chopped off. (laughs) But I was naked as much as I could be and as much sun as I could get. Right? I was in Abu Dhabi. I spent two days out on the beach at a seven-star resort. The guy that was hosting me said, how is it possible that a fair-skinned guy like you is two days, 10 hours in the sun in Abu Dhabi, granted it's November, but you didn't get even 10? Uh And I said, because I maximize my yield, I can take advantage of every single photon that's hitting my skin. Because of what I eat, I do everywhere I go.
1: you, You add electrons to your blood plasma. That's how you do it. That's the key. And, you know, Ruben will tell you, I just came back from Mexico literally four days ago. Me and my wife did exactly the same thing that Ruben just told you did. Um, I mean, when, when I tell you that we are directionally accurate, I'm not kidding. And Ruben and I will both tell you, nothing replaces the sun, dude. The quadrant will never replace the sun. The quadrant really was designed for guys like you. That's, that's the truth. Because we know – that you're not going to move from Chicago, we know that you're not really going to change your life. You're going to give us a lot of lip service, but in a week or two, you're going to go back to doing what you're doing because that's what humans do. And I hate to say it, but it's fundamentally tied to low dopamine levels in their brain. You know, everybody talks about follow through in your world. They don't understand as a neurosurgeon,
0: I know the answer, it's low dopamine. So how do you do it? You get out in the sun. How do you get out in the sun effectively when you don't have it present? Well, dirty little secret is it's always present. You just have to get out. And more importantly, you have to expose two things correctly. As much skin as you can, but more importantly, your eyes.
1: It's the eye. That means no sunglasses, no contacts.
0: Right. I want to make it very clear, Anthony, both of us are wearing glasses. I, I don't wear a prescription. These are non-prescription, and it's a technology called Bluetech. But I was muted when it came up. And Bluetech uh, is a day lens that's used to block certain frequencies of uh, blue and ultraviolet from screens. Yeah. You can see that both of my phones have yellow screens on them, right? So I'm blocking everything all day long. You can be in a cloudy day in Chicago as long as you're going in out at the right time, exposing your eyes literally directly into the light. Now... In your home see as jack put it with blue you can't go back right you can't take away so that's why you got to be blocking actively blocking as much as you can from artificial suns which is basically that that's an artificial sun we're not designed to look at this thing 300 times a day but we do and we do with no protection i'm after my wife every single day so now she's got literally two different layers on this thing because she doesn't have these now she's getting that. But the point is even close by, it takes time and it takes an effort to get people there. But if you've got contacts, you need to take your contacts out. If you've got glasses, you need to take your glasses out and you need to look directly towards the direction of the sun. Even if you can't see the sun, I
1: tell people 15 to 20 degrees away from the sun. Cause we don't want you to hurt your retina. Uh, but what Reuben said, just here's another biohack for you. Cause I know you said you wanted to do some hacks Uh, In Chicago and Boston right now, even when the sun's up, you look in the direction, you're still getting between 30 and 50% of the UV that comes through. Remember, you don't see UV. You're blind to it. You're also blind to IR. And I I want you to remember, both of those frequencies are what offset the blue. The difference is blue and red are equivalent in the sun. In the fluorescent light that's above your head right now, you have four times the amount of blue and you have no red. So what do you think that's doing to you on the inside
0: to your mitochondria? You think it's making singlet or triplet state? That's all you got to know. One more practical thing. If you're going to be exposing skin, wherever you live, you should be, to the sun. You need to make sure that that skin is prepped. And we don't really spend enough time doing that. But I just had another discussion with Anthony Beck, uh, Jack, uh, about this. And Dr. Beck and I were having a really interesting discussion. He said, so tell me, what do you actually use for soap and for cleaning your skin? And I said, well, eight I'm not using soap anymore. I sometimes use a coconut-based soap only when necessary, but I use a loofah. As terrible as that sounds for a man to admit, (laughs) I'm using loofah for the ability to get rid of anything surface that's not able to absorb as actively as possible, right? So people talk about these brushes and bamboo this and that. I don't really care. As long as you have friction on your skin and you're prepping it for that exposure, that's really important. Jack, we haven't really talked a lot about that. But that's been a key practice, and it's the simple things like that that make a difference. I, I'd like to touch on that because both of you me, have,
2: at some point in this conversation, mentioned health issues in your past, and, and I, I did as well myself. I had, we'll call it chronic Lyme, um, and that's part of the reason that I don't take arginine anymore, is after that, I noticed, and, and Stephen Bunners pointed out that arginine can exacerbate viral issues. I noticed, Pre-Lyme, every time I took arginine, great pump, awesome workout. Post-Lyme, terrible joint pain, complete opposite effect. Part of that journey back was using light. You'd hear about some of the ancestral cultures, sun gazing, and how they believe that to have a cleansing effect on the blood, specifically through the retina. I'd be interested, if you guys are comfortable sharing, what your health challenges were, and the role that light photobiomodulation played in your recovery.
1: 12 years ago, I was 360 pounds, six foot two, uh, tore my meniscus at a spine meeting. Somebody there who was married to an orthopedic surgeon gave me a book and six papers to read. Everything I told you today came from that book and those six papers. In three months, I lost 77 pounds. 11 months, I lost 133 pounds. We're now on a decade. I haven't, I haven't gained hardly any of the weight back. Uh, I came up with something called the leptin prescription and cold thermogenesis. They've been published on my blog for the last five years. Those are the fundamental prescriptions that are built into the quality. Um, that's really my story. And what was, what was the book? The, the book was, you mean the book that the girl gave me? Yeah, that was called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari by Robin Sharma. And this is what I'll say to you, Anthony. Here's the model for Jack Cruz. When you get off this podcast with us, I want you to pull up a picture of the Sphinx. Notice that the Sphinx looks directly to the east every morning. Its body is completely connected to the earth. Everything in the leptin prescription, everything in cold thermogenesis, everything in my book, everything that Ruben engineered into the quantlet has the Sphinx in the mind. You know why? Photonics over electronics is an ancient meme. It's the most ancient meme on this planet. Why? Before there was photosynthesis, 450 million years ago, the sun was still here. That's the reason why food doesn't matter. Food is third on the list. Light is number one. Growth and metabolism is two. That's ubiquination. And here's the key thing: people don't realize this. Sun's been there for 4.5 billion years. Photosynthesis, 450. When did this key chemical that since all of us are mammals and we're eukaryotes, this chemical called DHA started in the sea. What makes it special? has a pi electron cloud. It's never been replaced one time in evolutionary history in 600 million years. Why is that? Because it draws photons from the sun. And you want to hear something really cool? That RPE in your eye that we were talking about earlier has more DHA in it than any part of your body and any part of your brain. Why? That's why your eye is the key. Your eye has always been the key. And that's why the Sphinx was the key for me. And I realized immediately, if I use the sun and I use the magnetic field, I could lose weight by eating more and exercising less, and I did it. Do you believe there's an infection
2: connection that is exacerbated by a lack of light? in Absolutely. our body? It's,
1: it's, it's clear. It's in my current blog. The vagus nerve connects the brain and the gut. You know, it goes. The vagus nerve covers every part of your gut, from all the way from your lips to the transverse mesocolon, goes up to the aeropostrema that controls the parasympathetic side. Anytime you have inflammation, and inflammation can be one of two things: it can be too many protons or too little electrons, or a combination of both of those things. That's the connection. The problem is, the functional medicine doctors, the allopathic doctors, they talk about a bunch of horseshit related to probiotics and this and that, dude, you gotta bring it right down to the quantum level. Inflammation means one of three things. Too many protons, okay, that screws your pH up, or too few electrons, you can't absorb light from the environment, or you have a combination of both. Doctors like me call it acute and chronic inflammation. That's what most people know, the late public, they don't understand what the real issue is. And if you're screwed on both of them, then you wind up with the worst Neolithic diseases that are like neurodegeneration, Parkinson's, or cancer. That's why I call cancer epi Everything is a train station like in Chicago. Like when you get to the first station, it's not that bad a disease, but if you let that train keep going, you're gonna wind up with a disease way down the pike that you have no earthly idea where it came from because you've lived a disconnected world compared to the Sphinx. You're not connected to the sun, and your body's not connected to the magnetic field. That's the key. That is fundamentally what I realized from my challenge. In terms of cold thermogenesis,
2: your thoughts on cryotherapy, your preferred form, uh, uh, the, the quantlet being first.
1: No, quantlet's not first. Uh, I, actually, I would tell you swimming in the cold water would be my top choice and specifically the ocean. So if you happen to live where you live, I would say Lake Michigan. Now. You probably can't go out there all the time. I know last year was frozen. I don't know what it's like this year, but I tell my people over on the West Coast, go in the Pacific Ocean because it's the ideal temperature between 50 and 55 degrees. Plus, you're connected to the Earth's magnetic field when you do it. Now, cryotherapy, I'm not a big fan of. Why? It's okay, like on a, a pinch hit basis. What's the whole deal with cold? Cold brings protons and electrons closer together. That allows you to entangle and tunnel, okay? There's a book called Life at the Edge written by Jim L. Khalili. You become more thermodynamically, positively impacted for optimal performance when you bring protons and electrons closer together in your mitochondria. That is the main function of cold. There's the book, okay? That's all you need to know, okay? That's really it about CT. Now, me and Ruben have figured out that we can actually simulate you being in the Pacific Ocean using a thermoelectric coupler over the best radiator in your body. That's a, probably a story for another day. That's what the quantlets got built into it, dude. And that, that's some pretty slick engineering, and some pretty cool ideas that we had together. That's how it works. So why do you not want to do cryo versus CT in a tub in Chicago? Very simple. Air is 24 times less likely to transmit cold temperatures. So why do you want to be in water? Because it's 24 times more efficient don't believe me ask a Navy SEAL they would much rather go in a cryo booth than they'd ever want to go into the Pacific Ocean when they're not trained in fact that's the number one way that Navy SEALs and Rangers get booted out of training they can't handle the cold because they don't know how to cold adapt
2: I've done cold thermogenesis in Lake Michigan I have the ice baths at Chicago recovery room and I've done it myself huge difference it seems to be the same thing, but the way that you feel afterwards, it's not comparable to sit in an ice bath in some recovery facility. And I, I can do cryo all day, Lake Michigan. I'm out of there in like five to seven minutes.
1: Right. And see, that's, that's the point that I'm trying to make to you, but here's the other cool thing. and I, I haven't really talked about this a lot publicly, but my members know this. Ruben and I have a friend named Clay Bostock, who's a naturopathic doctor who just graduated from school, which is why me and Reuben went up to his medical school to talk when Jerry Pollock was there about water. And I made sure that Clay learned about how to CT in the South. How to CT in the South is different than how you guys would CT in Boston and Chicago. And I'm gonna tell you how we do it in the South. We dive in the pool, we come out, and we go right in the sun naked. We keep diving in the pool and do it and dry off. You guys need to use the Fournier effect. Fournier effect, I have talked about publicly. Uh, But you can use a hot tub and cold and then you can reverse it. Anytime your plasma is cooled, it absorbs more UV light. See, we're always back to the light story. Everything about cold is always about the purple light and Ruben will tell you that red light penetrates between 10 centimeters and 30 centimeters. So red is never the issue. I mean, Ruben could, he could get a freaking red light bulb and put it across the room and you're getting a benefit. That's why near infrared sauna is so big. But the key thing is, the hard part to engineer is the IR, uh, I should say the UV. Light.
2: Would you say that one of the, the primary benefits of CT is that it allows us to absorb more light, and that yeah. is one of the pathways by which it decreases inflammation?
1: In my, in my view, it's the major one, and then all the rest of them are like 0.99, 98, and way far down. And I think you'll get this, Anthony, when you read clearly book. That book, dude, is like unbelievable in explaining to you really very difficult quantum processes, but he breaks it down very simply. And, and he used to have BBC uh, videos. Isn't that right, Ruben? But I think they were taken down.
0: They were. Uh, they were on YouTube. But um, They has a the BBC series. This is the UK version of the book. The American version is a black cover with white lettering, but the same name. And uh, it, it's actually quite remarkable. There's a key phrase that I've got marked. And, you know, this is, this is the type of stuff that you'll end up doing when you're, when you're reading it. I mean, there's just notes and so many good things. But at the end of the day, uh, what, what they talk about is how is, this, how is it possible that these phenomena that were thought to be only uh, quantum in nature, that were thought to be only available in super-cooled environments can happen in dry? Uh, can happen in warm, wet environments, which is basically biology. And that's the whole premise of the book. But uh, I want to bring it back to the practical aspect because I know this has been the biggest challenge for me, right? Listening to Jack, reading, and really trying to take this in combination with that and making it applicable. Well, that's what I do as an engineer. I need to make it practical and uh, usable because otherwise, what's the, what's the sense? So, when it comes to CT, I've done a lot of deep CT, which is in ocean here uh, in the Boston area. I just did one two weeks ago, but I have to do it that frequently. I, I did cryotherapy to do two experiments, which I actually tested CO2 on via capnography. And what I learned is that you're not going to get the effect because you're going to get an, an actual a deleterious effect when you're doing cryotherapy too often. A, you're going to get a surface issue. And as Jack has pointed out, surfaces are the key we've already talked about it if you cannot absorb energy through the surfaces then you're screwed and this is one of the biggest issues that i see with especially where you're getting most of the gas on your back you're literally taking your solar panel your biggest solar panel on your body and removing some of its yield capabilities now i can't with the testing that i've done on myself prove that definitively just yet But I can tell you, and Jack knows that I've posted about this recently in one of our Facebook groups, that to me, deep CT has its place and it has its place to reset certain hormonal cascading. And that needs to be done literally within weeks of each episode. You don't have to do it that frequently. And it all depends on your context and your problem. But if you're already on healthy to optimal... Every two weeks, you're doing just fine, as long as. I will
1: tell you, I can do CT, just so you guys are clear, because what Ruben's saying here is gold, okay? I only need to jump in the pool and come out and be in the UV. Why? Because I'm so attuned. When I lived in Nashville, I couldn't do that through my testing. See, that's the key. The key is, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to shut up again. Anthony, one of the big problems that I have had with the paleo community, because you know their leaders are biochemists, They don't understand that surface chemistry dictates what happens at deeper levels. Ruben, as a light engineer, completely understands that. I didn't have to convince him of that. Um, Most of the people that come on my site have a hard time going, What do you mean? The Krebs cycle is not the same on the surface of your skin as it is in your bones? It's not. And the reason it's not is because the light is the levers that control the proteins in those in different layers. And I made a very controversial comment, I think it was at Asprey's event. Where I said that in time, it will be shown that surface, surface photochemistry will determine all the things in biochemistry, and that means that everything in a biochemistry book is subject to being wrong. Well,
0: but let me, let me add one thing there, Anthony, because it's really important. The last bit uh, before uh, Jack jumped in that I was going to add is as long as, in my case, and this is the important part of biohacking, right? You're a biohacker, and that means what applies to you does not apply to me.
1: What did I say, Ruben, at at, at Pasadena? Because it's important. Our biohacks will rhyme, but they'll never be exactly the same. That's right. We need to share them. That's part of the reason why I hope people listening to this realize that why biohacking is really important to me and Ruben is we talk about our results because we know what our personal contacts are. And then we say, okay, I'm not going to do
0: this. Ruben's going to go and tweak it for Boston. Well, here's the thing, though, when it comes to CT in particular, because I know you're really interested in the specifics. Well, a cold shower, five to 10 minutes with Boston-type temperature, which you can get in cold water only after a contrast shower, because what am I trying to do to the surface? I'm trying to exercise all of the capillaries. Why? Because I want to make them rise to the top, baby. They need to get as much photonic energy as they can capture, especially in the winter. So I do contrast, but five to 10 minutes – in cold at the very end and then air dry because I don't want the friction to then create another issue with absorption on the surface. So I air dry cold showers. You need the contrast because you need to exercise the vessels and then you need to get the CT after that. And then air dry because the friction is going to have an issue. Now, what I'm doing immediately thereafter is right now, this is my current biohack. Don't have results yet. I've got a UV wand. It's a T18 fluorescent UVB bulb that is used for reptiles. And I call it my lightsaber because it looks like a lightsaber. $25 on Amazon. And I'll give you the, the base and everything. I never give out recommendations for lights. And there's a reason why, because people use them in the incorrect way. But in this case, that's what I'm doing immediately after air drying because I want that UV right now in Boston as soon as I got the CT on. All right, so I'm goosebumped, and I'm getting that right on there. And Jack can tell you, his favorite part of CT is the goosebump, because now he knows that's when he's maximizing yield and absorption. So as bizarre as that may sound, that's the trick. It takes me two minutes of exposure with this wand. That's a new one.
1: You'll see yourself change, Anthony. I think that's the point Ruben's trying to make. And here's something that I think for your listeners to pay deep attention to. What we're describing here is you you need to biohack your trends. You have to realize your trends are going to change over time. And there's no such thing as politically correct in biohacks. That's what I tell people all the time. I mean, when you biohack the improbable, you create wisdom accounts with the new information you find and you start to realize the difference between you and other people in different locations is dramatic. And see, to me, those are the things I'm most interested in. Like when I go to these you know, biohacking events and see people using all this crazy bullshit, they're, they're looking at trying to somehow fundamentally change them. And you know what I think the most amazing part of biohacking is? Dude, it's about learning about how your environment truly changes your epigenetic expression. Totally what I'm about. I, I think Ruben's the same way.
2: I love it. Um, and I appreciate you guys, you guys sharing some of this stuff. I want to make sure that we've got the process right. So I have uh, a, a boer infrared light that I turn on when I get out of the shower. I don't know if it has the same effect, but I'm going to pick up the one that you guys recommended as well. The entire process, heat, then cold. Does a sauna work for that? Do you prefer water, hot water then cold water? Can you interchange? You mentioned a jacuzzi, ideally. Um, So you go from hot, is this how long then you said five to 10 minutes in the cold, then you get the goosebump effect, air dry, followed by the UV light. Please correct me if I'm wrong, and, and how long in the,
0: in the heat. And let me just say, what you just described, the last part of what you just described, is my biohack. Doesn't mean that it's everybody's biohack. So right. you need to test it, you need to try it. And so what am I looking at? I'm looking at skin coloration, and I have a chart, I, I try to go grab it quickly. I have a chart where I put it next to my skin, Varying the time of exposure and the time, and I'm doing it under a very measured light because I need to make sure that I'm looking at skin coloration changes for my biohack. I won't get into the specifics of it, but Jack and I shared some of this yesterday. I've gained in January eight D3 points. Are you taking supplemental vitamin D? None. Okay. One of the things that I'm trying to do is limit the amount of seafood that I'm taking. Because now everything is seafood around me. That's because we engineered it that way at home. The problem is that raises your D3. How do you think the Inuits get their coloring?
1: So people don't think about these, these kind of things. I mean, the coloring from them is melanin. You know what melanin is? A biogenic amine, just like dopamine, just like serotonin, just like melatonin. They're all made from aromatic amino acids. Guess what all aromatic amino acids absorb? Purple light, bro. Dude, it always comes back to purple. Okay, I tell Ruben all the time, I don't want to talk to anybody about food anymore. Anybody wants to talk about food, macronutrients. I'm not in. This I could talk all day about. But it took a long time. It took me 10 years to get people to understand where I was coming from. And Ruben, I have to say, is the one guy I didn't have to spend a lot of time with. him. We just spent time on the UV. Now he's taking it to the nth degree. And I'm just going to tell you my what I found. Very simply, in my biohack, I found that when I lived at a northern latitude, I couldn't do what I needed to do to offset my job in the operating room, so I had to move south. And I had to be in full spectrum. So for me now, the last three years, dude, it's all about being outside. Nothing can recapitulate. That for me, because my environment at work is completely toxic in the operating room and in the hospital, in the clinic, in front of a computer screen, because everything now is electronic medical record. So I have probably as bad a risk, the only people in worse shape than me are astronauts and cosmonauts, and airline pilots. And
2: And the CrossFits. So uh, you you guys had mentioned vitamin D. So much of the literature that gets published on vitamins and supplements, it ties into vitamin D. So you have a lot of people that are on it. And now we're just starting to see actual higher mortality rates in people that have higher vitamin D levels in some cases.
1: And
0: Mm
2: -hmm. some of the thoughts are that it's tied to uh, vitamin D toxicity without adequate vitamin A. What are your thoughts on vitamin D in conjunction with vitamin K, vitamin A, in order to prevent that toxicity, and how does that relate to natural light?
1: I'm going to explain this very, very simply. I have a blog in the time series coming up about this very issue, but I'm going to make it very simple. When you take oral vitamin D, you are taking the chemical signal of the photoelectric effect that occurs in the skin. So what does that mean? That means you have the chemical that should have come from the light collision with an electron in the UVB range. That means that the tissues have no photonic power in them. You just gave them the chemical signal. There's your answer. You don't want the chemical signal. You need the photonic power. Why is that the case? Here's another book you haven't read and Reuben has. It's called Roland Van Wick, Life Sculpting Light. And he's going to get the book now to show it to you. What did we learn in 1923 from the Russians? Okay. Remember, that, remember I told you about that book I read, dude, and the six papers? One of those, two of those papers were these Russian things. Basically, what I learned then is that every living cell, no matter if it's prokaryote or eukaryote, releases extreme low-frequency UV light. So you know what that means? If you release that light for signaling, that means you have to have some way to recapitulate it, reassimilate it. So you want to know why people die taking supplements? Because all you got is the chemical signal and you have none of the photonic power. So what are you doing there? It's akin to going in Chicago, driving to Los Angeles on a quarter tank of gas when you have 19 holes in the gas tank and not having any money or a credit card to refill. That's exactly what happens.
0: Jack mentioned this thing. This is called a GDV camera, gas discharge visualization. This is a technology out of Russia, and I've had this. I've been playing with it for a couple of years now. Um, still needs some work. But the point is, what it detects is in a very similar fashion to Curlian photography. And if you uh, know what that is, you would say, are you kidding me? Curlian <laughs> photography is what mm. has been. People think it's woo. I got this thing because when I first saw it and spoke with the actual inventor, which is uh, who is actually one of the Russian Olympic team trainers out of the University of St. Petersburg, he is the head of the sports commission. Okay, so he designed this thing. He's a physicist.
1: And just so you know, they used it in Sochi to win all those medals. They
0: did. So I met him uh, by happenstance They're a very interesting group of friends. And I, I got it. And so I started doing some testing, and I brought it with me to New Orleans when we, I knew what we're going to be talking about, biophotons. photons And uh, I didn't even own this book, by, by the way, when I went there. I first got exposed to it when I, when I arrived. But the point is that I knew, for some reason, I needed to bring it. Well, what this is measuring is, much like curling photography, is discharge. It's a gas discharge that this particular, very sensitive and attuned camera, when calibrated correctly, can help you visualize. That's where the name comes from, GDV. And it does so from the tips of your fingers. Now, why the tips of your fingers? Because much like your face, much like your feet and your toes, your extremities, this is where most of the photonic, biophotonic energy can be picked up. Usually in academia, academia they've done so using something called photomultipliers, which if you're familiar with charge coupled devices, CCDs, cameras, basically... That's what these things are. They're taking one photon at a time and multiplying it so that you can actually try to visualize it. So they're taking something very, very faint, almost impossible to see uh, without instrumentation and multiplying it so you can visualize.
1: This is the reason why when a surgeon cuts you open, he doesn't see light because we don't see UV light. Not only is it low frequency, but it's UV, which we can't see. Right. Okay? Just so you get that. So I always tell my buddies, look, when we cut people open, we're actually releasing light. And they don't get it because they don't understand that we don't see UV or IR. But this camera Ruben's got, dude, trust me, I bring that to the operating room,
0: it'll look like I just cut the
1: sun out You gut.
0: Well, and so here's the interesting part. The, the guys that, that make it have a software and the software puts your chakras into uh, visualization and your alignment. And it shows you what your Or or I I have no idea what the hell is doing. So I use it for my own purposes. And my own purposes are measuring how much biophotonic energy am I releasing through my fingertips. So this is one of the things that I'm doing when I do saunas. Why? I'm absorbing a lot of that. But I'm then releasing a significant amount of ELF or extremely low frequency UV. That's life force. I'm giving up life when I'm doing that.
1: So you need to see what
0: Ruben's saying.
1: This is how he knows when his gas tank is filled and when he knows it's not filled. See, these are the kind of things that me and him are interested in. We're not interested in your macronutrient ratios. We're <laughs> interested in what you're doing in your environment when you're filled and how to stay filled. Because guess what we're telling you? When you're filled, that's when optimal forms comes. That's when the Russians crushed Soshi. Okay? And these guys, just so you're clear on this, they've been doing this since 1923, dude. They've been blood doping with light so long, they didn't have to go Lance Armstrong's route. They didn't need e That's why I said when guys like you who are performance guys truly understand what me and Ruben are really doing, y'all are all going to be all in. I can promise you that. Yeah. <laughs> this was one area
2: where I, I knew very little going into – writing this book, and since I've had UV lights in an IV in my arm, I've got UV lights in my nose <laughs> around my apartment, um, so I'm, I'm all in, and I'm, I'm loving what you guys are sharing.
0: Be careful with the nose. We can talk about why.
2: Yeah, I, I would like to get into that. Ruben, when you do sauna, infrared
0: or traditional? Always, always full spectrum infrared, and that's on a daily practice. I do do, when I'm in Europe in particular, either in Germany or in Scandinavia, which I happen to be in every quarter, more or less, I do their traditional sauna. But there's a reason for that. And that is because I can immediately get into cold right after. Okay. And that's what allows me to capture a lot of it. But I can get a lot hotter in those saunas than I can in my full spectrum sunlight one. So I've got a modified sunlight. And what I did is I took a full spectrum sunlight and sauna and then I retrofitted it with military-grade infrared reflectors, and I can send you a picture of that if you want. The that point, would be great. yeah. The point is that I am they, they the sauna manufacturers still don't have a clue as to what NIR reflectors they need to be using because they assume that if they put a nice little LED array in there behind the bamboo mesh, that's going to be enough. First of all, I won't go through. Second of all, it's in one side where you're probably not even sitting next to. And number three, the surface area that's actually impinging upon is probably one in your left lung. It'll get to your heart because it will go through, but you're not getting the full benefit, the full effect. And if you're getting far and mid-infrared around you, which you are in the sauna design like the sunlight, you need, you better have the NIR component in there because otherwise you're just running your battery really low. Let's talk about the quantlet. So- Why the radial pulse versus intranasal
2: versus sublingual? We'll start there. What temperature did you guys choose? What were some of the the components that went into the quantlet?
0: Yeah. All right. So I can tell you very quickly, radial and ulnar arteries are the highest flow arteries that are accessible and practical. You've got the carotids, you've got the femorals, but these right here, easy to get at right? So one of the things ergonomically we wanted to be able to do is to not create a form factor issue so that people would have an excuse not to wear things. See, I've been de- de- designing medical devices and ergonomics around them for a while. And I knew if we make something uncomfortable or impractical, it's never going to get used. See, the Sanford Research has been out for the glove since 2011. The glove has been available even before then. And it's just now getting some press. And the reality is everybody that uses it has the same issue with it. Now, I don't want to badmouth them because they give us some pretty good, interesting ideas and concepts. But fundamentally, you've got a significant amount of blood flow in a very interesting location because guess what? When you do this, no matter how fat you are, you can probably do two things, visualize your vessels and touch your pulse. I'm not a doctor. I'm an EMT. And I know it doesn't matter how big or morbidly obese you are. I can still grab a radial pulse from you.
1: That's the key. The key is it's the ideal, imperfect black box radiator that we can use. And we can, we can get enough volume of blood through that utilizing light and cold to actually have systemic effects everywhere in your body. And that's the key.
0: That's exactly right. So here's the other thing. We knew we needed blood because we can Use, we've been talking about surfaces for a while now. And the reality is that surfaces have a very specific function and they have a very specific use of light frequencies that don't penetrate, i.e., the UVs and the blues and some of the green. But the reality is that we can get it into red blood cells, get blue light, get black light, get green light, as well as red and infrared if we go at the right location. So it's a great window and it's not only a window but it's for all intents and purposes almost a replacement to this that's why jack calls it a third eye i hate the analogy i'll tell you why because <laughs> your third eyes right here <laughs> <laughs> and that's why but it's true now the second component is temperature so there are two methods convection and conduction Now, when you do that through a very small surface area, you need to make sure that you've got a couple of things going for you. Number one, enough flow. Number two, accessibility of a surface that can exchange as efficiently as possible. So we spent a significant time in engineering a design that ultimately allowed us to extract as much as we had seen in some of the experimental data, which by the way, Very few people, if any, have been able to replicate out of Stanford. That's interesting. I'm not going to say any more. So we have actually seen very close to it, not exactly as high, but in a form factor that's literally a fraction of the size and an embodiment that's a lot more practical. And here's the kicker. The amount of change that's required in core body temperature, and this doesn't even talk about core body temperature, heat exchange is so low to see the differences, and remember how I'm measuring differences. I'm not measuring differences just by reps, and can I do more exercise? Of course, that's important, especially when we have a performance product, but we're thinking beyond that. We can't talk about it too much, because we want to make sure we crawl, walk, run, but at the end of the day, performance is a very, very minuscule part of what this thing is going to do, and it's doing already. Now, componentry, it's very simple. We're using... Off the shelf LEDs, a couple of pretty high end ones because we're titrating certain frequencies and the power density in those frequencies in a very specific way. We're also pulsing in a very specific way. We haven't disclosed any of that just yet because it's in the process of being patented. And what we have seen is effects of what intravascular radiation is doing without the invasiveness. And that's the beauty of it. And that's why we're using green. And that's why we're using blue when the literature basically just superficially touches upon them. And it seems like what you, from what you guys are
2: saying and correct me if I'm wrong, the, the minimum effective dose for photobiomodulation and CT to have a, a, the desired physiological effect is much smaller than many people think. Where
1: well, why? It's because it's because of what's in Khalili's book. That's what we try to get you to understand before is when you cool you lower the energy threshold. That's what cooling's all about. That's why the leaf, you realize when you put my magnolia tree on the equator, it's going to die. So sunlight is too powerful in a certain place. Everybody's got a different energy level based on what their blood plasma can handle. And you need to understand that cooling only a couple of degrees is all CT really needs to do, but it's about the surfaces. And see, that's what people don't understand. They think that we're trying to cool people's core body temperature down. Me and Ruben will tell you. We're not interested in that. In fact, the number one thing we're interested in is your blood plasma and the blood that goes through your RPE. That's what we're really interested in. That's all you need.
0: Because guess what? Where's light, bro? Where light is, that's where cooling needs to be. That's the key. As a biohacker, you might appreciate this, I think. The app that controls the quantlet, its most important feature and function is its data collection. Because the personal experimentation is going to titrate each protocol for the individual. We have no idea what settings are gonna be the best for you. You're gonna figure it out. So this is it's a true un- biohacker device, dude. That's it's what a biohacker sense. device. That's exactly right. It's designed to allow you to find your med because guess what? Yours is different than mine. Is different than Jack's.
1: And we want everybody to share this because guess what? From that collection of data, we're gonna we're gonna get some huge insights. I mean, Ruben and I already have some ideas where we want to go, just from things we've done playing around with this and the science that I'm reading about, dude, there, there's so much fat on the bone with this. It's, it's almost, almost fun just to talk about it, but we don't want to go there. But what we're telling you as a biohacker, if you think the stuff that you see at other biohacking things are really cool, dude, this is something that physically does something for you as soon as you put it on.
2: What effects have you seen with the prototypes in people
0: The first time they put it on. So there's two prototypes, just to be clear. We haven't put it through a lot of different people. We've got a couple of trainers, a couple of military folks, and uh, Jack and myself. Okay? And I can tell you, I've posted, I don't know if you've taken a look at the videos that, that we've posted. I can speak to my own because that's one of the things that we've refused to do is make bold claims that we can't back up that are generalized. We can't. So we always are very careful. Look at our page, our Indiegogo page. We're very careful to say these are the things that Ruben saw, right? And I use myself as the guinea pig for no other reason than I'm the one responsible for the engineering. So point blank, here are some of the results, okay? So I have a genetic predisposition for dyslipidemia. I've been trying everything for years. You were asking me what are the things that you were health-wise suffering. That wasn't a a health issue that was going to hit me early, but it's definitely going to hit me later on. So here's what I did. In September, I did my last workout okay, on the ARX machine, which you have in Chicago, which by the way, if you haven't been on an ARX machine, you need to get your ass on an ARX machine. One of my clients has been trying to get me on one for a while. And just- Good. I did not adapt seasonally to my diet in the fall. So I actually continued on carbs purposely. Purposely, after having been delicious. (laughs) Well, not only that, but I wanted to really put this thing to the test because one of our advisors from Brazil said, Ruben, blood lipids, make sure you're looking at them. And I want you to do it this way. And I said, I'll do it. Good. All right. So here I am in the Middle East, literally eating dates. I fasted once and I broke my fast with milk, camel milk, chocolate, and dates. How's that for fucking carbs? Pardon the French here. But I'm just trying to illustrate the point. Jack's like, what's going on? So, and I showed on the video what happened to my HDL. I took those readings the first week of December. Okay. And my triglycerides went <laughs> LDL. Yeah. And here's the point. This is what the paleo
1: guys keep missing. Carbs don't hurt you if you have UV light going in your body. Now, the main way is the skin and the eye. Well, the quantum brings it through the third eye because it's having the effect on your all your lipids because you're energizing your blood plasma. That's the freaking key, dude. And anybody who has altered lipids has an inability to assimilate UV light for a specific issue, and they don't know it. Reuben figured that out like that. Look, down here, dude, that, that's one of the huge benefits. This is the reason why. The kit data exists. Anybody who lives in a strong UV environment obviously can eat carbohydrates. But here's your problem, Anthony. You live in freaking Chicago. You eat carbohydrates sans UV light. So guess what that means for you? That means that you do need this device to really biohack your precepts of the truth. Because carbohydrates for you in the wintertime is not beneficial. And this is something you don't yet know. But you will, once you get this device, you're gonna say, holy smokes!" You're gonna start to realize that UV light is the key to carbohydrates. As long as you're getting the signal, you'll have no problem eating it and you will not gain weight, you will not screw your lipids up. That's the dirty little secret of the photoelectric effect. Listen, let me just tell you something. Optimal health is a choice now. that's a choice, become like the Sphinx. When I went to medical school, I went there to find out the truth. I didn't find out any truth there. Now I know what the truth is. And my goal is to find 70 to 100,000 people like Ruben and infect them and let them go to their neck of the woods and do whatever the hell they want. But I don't want anybody being taken advantage of with half truths. Most of the people selling half truths don't even know they're selling half truths. And that's the truth. That's the reason why I don't have a bad feeling for these guys that I'm talking about because they really don't know what they don't know because what they call biohacking, I don't call biohacking. I don't. I think you need to use nature to figure out all this stuff. And I think that's what Ruben is telling you. He's, He's actually found out some amazing things in the last year and a half about light. And when he tells me, he calls me up and he's excited like he was yesterday. I'm like, yes. See, that is what gets me going.
2: I love it. I love it. And I I I think we could we could go all day and maybe if the listeners enjoy it, we'll we'll talk about doing a part 2 when it works out. Um if we can just a couple rapid fire questions and you guys can give me yes or no as to whether it's something that you support or would recommend. And then I would be very curious what the first 30 to 60 minutes of your day looks like for each of you and how you integrate your top priority biohacks into that morning routine. All right. So Sticking with the theme of light and temperature, tanning beds, uh, specifically ones that are 5% or greater UVB. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Cryotherapy. It depends.
1: Oh, Context. Context. <laughs> I'm going to tell, tell you, there's people listening to this that can use it. I think most of the people can't or shouldn't, but I can't go thumbs down completely
0: on it. Um, but I, I can tell you that I would not do it. Well, and I, I can tell you, Anthony, I tested that. I tested it on myself and I was disappointed because I know you can get the same or better effects and not ruin the solar panel, the, ruin, the back of the solar panel by overdoing it. And so, you know, w- one thing I'll ask you to notice. Okay, so I know you do it. I saw the video. So go do it. Take a UV light like the one I've shown you. And when you're shivering, if you're even shiver and or you've got the goosebumps, run that light past you. Do that a couple of times and take a card. I'll send you the details on the card for the skin color gradient. If you're not changing color, that should tell you something.
1: Yeah, that should tell you something huge, bro. I'm saying once you have that context, then that's when we can tell you if cryo is good for you. And listen, None of the people that just spent $60,000 opening up one of these cryo things want to hear what me and Ruben just said.
0: That's right. That's right. And look, we're respectful. Go do it because if you're doing it and testing, that's awesome. But if you're doing it because you think you're getting something that you're not. That's a problem. See,
1: that's where Jack and Ruben, see, we're those guys, dude. We're those two guys. We're sticklers.
0: We're coming after it (laughs) hard. now. So. Context is key. Much like we said with uh, deep CT, you don't have to do it that often. Do the exercise that I just explained as an experiment and we can get into more details later. But at the end of the day, I want you to think about it before you ask because that's one of the things in biohacking. If you're asking too many questions about the specifics, you're not understanding why you're doing it. That's that's really what I would love for you to include in your book. You've a whole introduction. And not, not to, I know you're at the tail end of uh, putting it together, but I really fundamentally believe that if there's anything that needs to be heard in the biohacking community today, it's find why you're doing your biohack and measure. Design your experiment and measure. Because how do you know if it freaking worked? Just because you want to call yourself a biohacker and do weird shit doesn't mean you're going to get any effect. Right, saunas
2: as they exist in the United States states at most gyms. Yes or no?
0: Yes. You're always going to get. You're always going to get a good effect from hormesis.
1: Right, but you, here's the thing: the, the time is the key factor.
0: People say CT is hormetic.
1: No, that, that, hormetic. That, that's the paleo biochemist who know, know shit about surface chemistry.
0: The sauna is formetic.
1: Right. The sauna is hormetic. That for sure is true. But dude, cooling the surface, if that was the case, then Jim L. Khalili's book lays it out. A leaf is proof positive that it's not.
0: Recommended dosage for the sauna.
1: Ah, it depends on your context. Completely.
0: I'll give you the test. Okay. And I just educated somebody on this one the other day. It's a very simple EMT test. It's called the nail blanch test. All right. It's a perfusion test. You do this when you do CT, you do this when you do contrast showers, you do this when you're actually doing sauna. If you're not getting a dramatic color shift when you're doing the nail blanch test, that's your signal, get out.
1: Because you're going you're gonna to wind up perf- getting fibrosis to your muscles and you're, gonna, you're also, the other thing you can check, if you start noticing that your range of motion is limited. That's right. Um, it's, it's a huge factor, dude. I mean... I, the only people that, that the blanche test doesn't work for if you have Raynaud's syndrome. Okay. Just know that. Uh, but anybody else,
0: the, it works. It's an easy biohack to do. How many people are talking about nail blanch test, buddy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah is, that's what I'm saying. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so if the nail does not substantially change color, get out. Right.
0: right? Okay. And then make sure you cool down.
1: And then then when you go to Jack's site and you read the redox prescription, you're going to see the number one thing that tells you about your redox is whether you're anemic or not. Now you just know why Ruben said what he
0: said. Uh, On the sauna, you need to make sure you're cooling down because remember what we're talking about here. If you're chronically heating up, it's like a battery. It's a rechargeable battery. Jack and I were having this conversation last night. A rechargeable battery cycles. And in those cycles, it loses some ability to discharge power and retain it. And therefore, one of the, the ways in which you're resetting almost to create a new battery is what do you do with those rechargeables? You put them in the freezer, don't you? Right. Clean cool. here, buddy. You need to make sure after every sauna session, regardless of time of day when you're doing it and or frequency, that you are recovering with ice cold shower immediately thereafter.
1: And, and if you're really smart, bust out the UVB bowl.
0: So I, I think I already know the answer
2: to this one. Russian-style bathhouses with the, the cold plunge and the steam room and the sauna.
1: Dude, anything that's Russian, Jack Cruz is two thumbs up. <laughs> if it wasn't for the Russians, I would have never came up with the lectin prescription or the cold thermogenesis protocol. When I remember it was about a year and a half ago when I told everybody about Roland Van Wick's book, I said, you know, I spent $10,000 photocopying and almost every paper that's in the bibliography of that book, that book probably single-handedly taught me more about medicine and biohacking than any book that I have ever read to date. And I'm not good. kidding you when I tell you that. For the you, that you, book, you can buy that book for $94, not 10000 as it cost me 10 years ago.
2: This one right here, Anthony. Light and Shaping Life. Yes. Great book. Steam uh, Steam Rooms. Yes or no? I yes. like steam, yes. Yes? Any concern, any concern about uh,
0: chlorine, fluoride in the water?
1: Well, we're, we're assuming that you're not doing that stupid shit.
0: <laughs> so the thing is with steam, I have a, a steam shower in my home, but I have a filter, and that filter is pre-steam shower. So I like steam, but not in a steam room, in a gym, or in a hotel, or in a spa.
1: Because yeah, the, water the water's got halogens in it, and halogens are dielectric blockers for water. That reduces the amount of electricity that the water can carry. And since I don't know how much you know about Pollock's work, Ruben can fill you in. Basically, water is a repository for electromagnetic radiation. So any dielectric blocker fundamentally reduces the charge in water. And if you know anything about how the quadlet works, me and Ruben are all about putting as much photonic power in water as humanly possible. It's so. That's the reason why the, the corollary on the sauna is make sure you know about the municipal supply. Then that's how you get your answer.
0: Yeah. Or filter it. Like I do, you filter it and then you just do a home. Uh, I can send you the brand that I use. It's, it's expensive. It's installed, uh, for your shower, but it's absolutely worth it. Is it the reverse osmosis? Uh, the filter? No, no, no. It's a free, uh, vapor shower. Yeah. Ah, great. Thank you. Um, last two intranasal,
2: uh red light 655 or 810 wavelengths Uh, here's
1: here's where our answers are going to be different i use them uh days that i have really rough days in surgery uh but normally no so for me this is a contextual use same thing with in the ear the valve key in the ear or the light i think they have some benefit but it has to be, you have to know what you're doing. And I have to be honest with you, Anthony, I don't think most people who are listening to this know what
0: they're doing. So you have to be careful. Yeah, so intranasal, a couple of things. One is it's a great entry point for people into photobiomodulation. So I recommend it for people to experiment to, to get the sensation of what does it feel like to get a tiny amount of effect because it is, in a way, pissing in the wind. It's just not enough power density. And the delivery mechanism is optimized because you're going through the capillary beds of the mucosal tissue bed in the, in the nose, so it's very easy to get uh, right next to the blood. But the problem is, it's just not enough power, okay? So the power density, it, it's, a, it's powered by 1.5-volt battery. It's one de minimis LED. And it doesn't matter what the frequency that you're using. So it's just not enough. The quantlet is literally going to come in, boom, an 18-wheeler. That's like a tricycle. All right, but some people need to start with the training wheels, right? So it's good to get that first experience. If you're gonna use it, you should use it at night. You should use it in the dark. And and that's, how
1: I, that's how I do it.
0: Yeah. And why is that? Human growth hormone and how you're actually expressing it. Right.
1: But and that's when you're designed to release it. And remember, the quickest way to it is actually straight through the pituitary stalk. Ruben will tell you the red light can penetrate, you know, right through bone, right through tissue. The only caveat I will tell you, because I have this caveat, if you've ever had nasal surgery, I, when I played college baseball, I broke my nose. Uh, and my nose is pretty damaged on the inside. That's part of the reason why I'm very, very careful
0: about what I do with that leg. Yeah, And uh, he just gave you the key as to what frequency, right? You want to use A10 because A10 will give you maximum penetration, but... If you believe you're going to get 810 from an LED powered by one and a half volt battery into your brain, you're delusional. It's not going to happen. Mike Hamlin agrees with me on this. So I don't care what the marketers say. It's bullshit. The photonic torch lights that are used a lot in the equestrian community on humans.
2: Yes or no? Well, it depends.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're all different. I mean, you'd have to come out, but here, here's what I'm going to tell you. If you get the frequency is correct. The answer is yes. In fact, my wife just perked up over there because my wife's big the horses and she, she's she been asking me, she goes, Jack, why don't we just take some of this stuff on my horses and put it on people? And I'm like, well, you can't really do that. you know. But yes, uh, I will tell you that. Can you get a benefit? Remember though, how they're placed on horses are optimized for their physiology. Yeah. And believe it or not, I, this is one of my ideas to come to Reuben with. I found two places in the horse anatomy that probably should have a quantlet built for the horse. They're built incorrectly for the horse, and that's all I'll say on that.
0: Here's the thing, Anthony. Here's the other problem. If you're going to use a horse device, that's like a horse injection, right? It's going to be powered for the horse, and there is a biphasic dose response, and that's the issue. You can overshoot very easily.
1: And then you'll get muscle fibrosis and something. You can, you can have significant issues. You really can.
0: You get the effect in the worst case scenario, or you're going to create a problem in, a, in the best case scenario. Lovely. Morning routines. <laughs> All right. What's, yeah. what's the first 30 to 60 minutes of your day look
1: like? I'll give you mine very quickly. My day changes based on what I'm doing. Days that I'm in surgery versus days that I'm in clinic, I do completely different things but I'll give you the basics. First thing I do when I wake up, I go look at the sun between probably five to 30 minutes, depending on the season that we're in, what I do. Um, Then uh, when I do that, I go in, I usually either take a cold swim in my pool or I'll do a cold shower if it's a surgery day and I'm, I'm short for time. When I go in on surgeries, my surgeries generally start, At 7.30 in the hospital, I always make sure I'm a half hour late because I spend another half hour on the helicopter pad looking directly at the sun over the hospital before I go in. In clinic days, uh, I spend almost an hour and a half every morning in the sun directly. Because I don't start till nine o'clock. I push my clinic back to nine o'clock. I am the most important person when the sun rises till about nine o'clock. For me... That is the time that Jack Cruz lives like the Sphinx. That,
0: that is the key. So I'll tell you what my routine is very quickly. It depends on where I'm at as well. But most fundamentally, here's my dog coming. He goes out with me in the morning first thing, and it doesn't matter what the temperature is, wherever I am in Boston in particular, very cold, but I go barefoot, and I go barefoot to ground. So my very first thing is immediately out of bed is I put my, uh, my blue blockers. They're a BPI 550 tint. On a custom frame, I'm going to go get them now because it's a little past sunset. Uh, but uh, I can tell you some details. It's called a BPI 550 Tint. Okay, Jack talked about them and he showed them, I think. Uh, so I put those on because you should have the right frequencies of light hitting you at the right times. And 530 in the morning is not sunrise yet. Right. Are you grounding barefoot when there's snow on the ground? Absolutely. That's the best time to do it. That's right. So put these on, go outside, take the dog for a pee and a poop. And that's the very, very first thing. Then come up and I have a spring where I get my spring water uh, and I have a bubbler where I, I have it. The bubbler is disconnected. It does not cool heat or otherwise expose that water to an electromagnetic fields. So that water is as pristine as it comes from the spring. So I drink one liter of that water. Okay. And that's before anything else. Immediately thereafter, I go to one cup of black coffee. It's organic. It's single estate, and it comes from South America, and it comes from a very specific region in the Andes. Okay, why? Because I want a significant amount of UV concentration in that bean. It doesn't have anything to do with mold. I I want mold. Give me give mold me. is mold is I good for it. you. Contrary
1: <laughs> to what you've been told. Just remember what Ruben's saying about the Andes because Anthony needs to know this. High up, you're closer to UV. That means that there's more UV production in a molecule that you know about called resveratrol. Resveratrol happens to be just like porphyrins. It absorbs all frequencies of UV light, okay? That's the reason why, dude. That's the reason why we eat chocolate. It's also the reason why we drink Malbec.
2: That's
1: Got it. it?
0: Yes, what is the brand that, of, of coffee that you drink? Okay, so I'm going to tell you, it's actually my own, uh, and I haven't promoted it yet, but it's coming out, advanced.coffee. Advanced.coffee? Yep. I will let you know. This is endorsed by Jack Cruz and myself. (laughs) I love it. I love it.
1: And and we put extra mold in it. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you know, Anthony, I'm going to tell you this. UV light kills mold, just so you got it.
0: Yep. But uh, all kidding aside, uh, I have a favorite brand. Uh, Currently, I love my Keurig machine, despite what everybody says about Keurig. Great machine. And uh, we have a family member that works there. So um, we get a a brand of coffee when I don't use my own. That's called Laughing Man. That's actually uh, handpicked by Hugh Jackman. And uh, it's a very specific Colombian coffee called uh, Huitla, I think. I'll get you the name. But that's my go-to if I don't have my own because if I don't have time, I have to ground my own. I don't have K-Cups for it. Um, but I'll I'll definitely do the laughing man if I'm in a little bit of a rush or when I travel. All right. Then the immediate next thing is, uh, it's right here. Every morning, I do my gratitude journal. Ah, I got mine right over there. Yeah. So Jack and I are big believers in the power of gratitude. Uh, we I, I think Jack's much more religious than I am in terms of posting uh-huh.
1: Every day I, I post a quote yeah. on my Facebook page. And what I do is when I get up, my wife waits for me when I'm out in the sun. And I think about the three things in my head. And the best one I put in a post, and I've been doing this for 10 years. Yeah. And I post it on my Facebook page for everybody
2: to see. Three things that you're most grateful for no, that day?
1: No, three things that are in my head. Out of those three, I decide which one goes up. And that's what goes up. Separate from the gratitude. For example, if you go read my one today, my wife woke me up early because I had to go make rounds early to get to New Orleans fast. So I said, that's it. The quote today will be undisturbed. So that's what, that was how it happened this morning. But a lot of times I'll go to bed thinking about something. And when I wake up with the sun, the sun naturally stimulates me. And I, dude, I'm naked in the morning. no, No shoes, nothing. My, my wife would be like, I cannot believe you're going right out in the front yard, buck ass naked doing this. But that's where the sun is in my new house. And what was in my backyard. So I didn't have to worry about it. But my wife would come out there. Literally, my hair would be frozen. And she'd be like, and I'd be doing the forney effect. And she's like, are you kidding me?
0: I'm like, Mm-mm. every day, dude, for 10 years. <laughs> Yeah, one, one more thing that I was going to say, and uh, it goes to your, the point of your book, and one of the reasons that I found it very interesting and appealing to have both of us speak with you, is I was writing a book on biohacking, and specifically neurohacking, and I stopped. I literally had to stop, because everything that I thought was right was upside down. And uh, that book is now coming out in Q1. This is not a marketing play. I won't even say the name. The point is... that well, was- Some people may want the name. <laughs> So the name of the book is limitless, limitless. limitless. One of the things uh, best recommendation, by the way, is going back to either halogen bulbs or incandescence. Okay. That's going to be the closest to, and when, when you're in the gym, so I have a, a home gym, so I don't have to go to the gym anymore, but I do it under red light, six sixty nanometer red light. I don't use blue when I'm working out for one very particular reason, but then I blast myself with halogen when I'm actually in the tougher part of the workout and or in recovery for stretching pre-post. So uh, it may be interesting. There's a reason for halogen in that, but in fact, we were just talking about this last night. I'm moving to mercury vapor, ceramic metal halide lamps now, Um, and I know this is probably another episode, but-
1: It is. We'd have to come back and talk about this because let me just tell you something. The mercury resonance uh, of modern lights is something that we all need to be concerned about. But this is big-time detailed light physics. This is not like first podcast kind of discussions. I get, get on about that on my, on my site. Um, but I think, you know, for us, busting this whole discussion down, I mean, this opens the door to a lot of different aspects that we can go down but what Ruben's saying right now, dude, you got to take control of your light environment. The smartest thing you can do, honestly, is to go back to no lights or fire, truthfully, or incandescents. And they're so hard to find in the States now, you know?
2: This has been I, some of the most fun I've had in a, in a long time just having a conversation. I really, you guys are awesome. And I appreciate you taking the time. Um, we'll, we'll have to talk about a part two because I feel like there's a lot more that that we could get into where where can listeners find out more about jack and ruben the quantlet what you guys are working on
0: so uh, i would say there are three places right now where they can go and probably get the best effect number one is jackcruise.com number two is the if it's uh, interested in on device specifically uh, and number three uh, it's going to be the indiegogo page for the quantlet because Once the Indiegogo page closes at the end of January, early February, it's not going to go for sale until late 2016, early 2017. So the only way to get it is to get it from Indiegogo. So there is a time sensitivity to it. So that's point number one. And point number two, the reason Jack Cruz comes before either of the Quantlet pages is for one fundamental reason. We don't care if we don't sell a Quantlet. We want to make sure that we disrupt uh, that, that, that we disrupt current thinking, and that, that's the most the most important thing right now in my head is disobey convention because the one thing, even in biohacking is starting to become conventional to do things, and the reality is it's wrong it's wrong because we're making bold blanket statements and moving away. From the fundamental premise of biohacking, which is N of one, contextual and very much important to remember that it's related to nature and connecting back to it, not putting exogenous supplements and technology around you or on you. So we're literally telling you, don't get the quantum. You don't need it as long as you're connecting. If you can't connect, that's a different story. Come talk to us. But here's, if you don't do anything this, else, remember that. This is the other
1: thing I want to say.
0: It is part of
1: my daily routine. I I don't think I even told Ruben this, but it's going to be part of my book and I'll share it with you because I think y'all both deserve to hear it given what we've talked about. You need to every day construct three biohacks in the morning while you're looking at the sun. And why is the reason that? Here's the neurosurgery reason. Pattern recognition is built into your brain, okay? And when you do small little hacks, no matter how small they are, you're going to define a formulation or a pattern with interaction between the things that you think about and all the things that are around you in your universe. And then you'll build a catalog in which you can do bigger biohacks. Then I have a famous saying that I tell all of my members, and I never tell them where it comes from, but it comes from this biohacking credo is when you know better, you do better. And those three biohacks that I do every single day at some level. I learned something about myself, and I have to tell you, bits and pieces of those in just about every blog, almost every comment that I make to somebody, but I've never really told anybody about that. Thank
2: you. You're both incredible people, and you've been very generous with your time. I've had a blast. Hopefully,
1: uh, this works out, and we'll do it again. Thank you very much.
2: I've had a great time.
1: Take care,
2: man. This episode is brought to you by the Quantlet. The Quantlet is a wearable device similar to the Fitbit Charge HR that can help maximize your body's performance. Now, whereas the Fitbit Charge HR does so by providing additional data points and modifying behavior, the Quantlet does so by modifying cellular biology, and it does this through a concept called photobiomodulation. Photobiomodulation delivers multiple frequencies of light into the body, specifically through the radial and ulnar arteries on the wrist, and these frequencies have been scientifically proven to improve tissue repair, reduce inflammation, and eradicate pain. The end result to you is increased exercise capacity, delayed onset of fatigue, better mood, and improved sleep patterns. The quantlet also extracts heat from the body using the Peltier effect through a thermoelectric cooling mechanism, which then improves your body's capacity to perform at its best because of this light and cold energy. The Quantlet is available for pre-order at www.thequantlet.com forward slash biohacks. That's www.quantlet.com forward slash biohacks. The Quantlet will be released in September 2016, and I've got my pre-order in already and i can't wait. This episode is brought to you by naturalactiontechnologies.com. If you're looking for water with the same energetic life-enhancing properties that you would find in a mountain stream, the same properties that easily cross cellular membranes and help our bodies to maintain proper hydration, then i highly suggest you check out naturalactiontechnologies.com. Their portable is my go-to unit for creating structured water on the go. It neutralizes toxins in the water by changing the molecular structure, leveraging an advanced understanding of the vortex phenomenon. This Pure water gives me increased energy, greater hydration, it detoxifies pollutants, and it improves illness immunity. I also use the structured shower head. Since using the shower head, I've noticed major improvements in both my skin and my hair. The shower head also eliminates itchy skin from chlorinated water and gets rid of hard water buildup that can accumulate. You can learn more about the portable and the shower head and other natural water products at naturalactiontechnologies.com.
0: That's natural. ActionTechnologies.com